Hey, hello friends, and welcome to this message, which is specially handpicked to minister to you and to bless you. I am Pastor Lincoln Seranga, Senior Pastor here at Liberty Christian Fellowship in London. My passion is the pursuit of 100% answered prayer. If that sounds like a good subject to you, why don't you follow me at lincolnseranga.com and also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media where you will be able to find other messages as well as find access to short courses, coaching opportunities, and more. God bless you as you listen to this message. Knowledge of God in the context of Scripture, the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is not a study. It doesn't end as a study. It is not academic. It is not, I have read my Bible, therefore I know God. It doesn't mean I have read a book and now I understand how you... No, no, the knowledge of God, according to Scripture, this word knowledge of God is about... It's an experiential word. That's the point I was trying to make. It's more experiential than academic. So the knowledge of forestry is not the reading of books on forestry. No, it is going into the forest and experiencing the forest. And you know, you can go through a forest and still not experience. You can see the trees and still miss the magic, the beauty of a forest. So when we say the knowledge of a forest in the use of Bible no word, we're talking about experiential. It has, yes, it has factual content, but it has ex- an, a, a, the, the ultimate goal of fact is experience. So I don't want to know about uh, Caribbean cuisine. I want to eat it. I don't want to know about jerk pork. I want a skewer of jerk pork. Do they ever put it on skewers? Any Jamaicans in the house? Jack pork on a skewer may have been a, a, a travesty. Please cut me back a little uh, on sound, guys. I don't know why, but I still am ringing up here. Do you understand? So knowledge is unto experience. The knowledge of God is the experience of God, encounter with God. And so... We, we shyly referred to how uh, Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived. He was already with her in the garden. He had already written her a poem. They had walked down, up and down in Eden. They had laughed and probably shared some juicy fruits. But he had not known her. Knew her voice, saw her face. They shared a lot of... Until... Something happened. The Bible does not say he knew her. Because his encounter of her had to be spirit, soul, and body. Three elements. And I want to dive into those a little more. So these uh, earthly things point to supernatural truths. Physical truths help us understand uh, mystical truths. And remember that the Bible calls us the church as the bride of Christ. And Ephesians chapter 5, 
Is it five? Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Paul is writing about the church and Christ and is using a marriage analogy to explain the mystery of marriage. And he says, friends, I show you a mystery. This is a mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. So the Bible does not say, husband, love your wife. Hmm? According to Google, it says, it doesn't say love your wife in a Google kind of way. No, love your wife as Christ loved the church. So the marital union was always meant to depict and reveal God's passion for his people. Selah. And from Adam and Eve, it shows that there's a progression from factual knowledge to emotional connection and then a full encounter, spirit, soul, and body, until all three are wrapped up in this encounter, you do not know that person. So we do not know God until, we do not know God until this thing becomes factual, emotional, and experiential. Let me read a few verses in the light of that. So let me first of actually make these statements, three statements. The word no is a union word. It's a union word. Union. Oneness. It's a oneness word. So to know the Lord is to be one with him. To know the Lord is to enter a oneness with him where I don't know where I stop and he begins. <laughs> is that too deep? Wouldn't you love to come to a place or to have these moments where you don't know where Jesus stops and you start? Yeah. <laughs> well, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me. So, to come to a Jesus union where there is, uh, as Jesus said, you are in me and I am in you. Now, when something is in you and you are in it, which, who is in who? <laughs> it's a mishmash. It's like the sauce I made this week. I set up to make, uh, I don't know, Pastor Tony, whether you like groundnuts, groundnut paste with beans. Mixed together. <laughs> and this was the first time I actually did it. <laughs> My wife has done it a couple of times. I told her, I'm making sauce, I'm making groundnut paste and beans. Now tell me if you came and I served you that, which one have I given you? Have I given you beans or groundnuts? <laughs> It's an amazing mixture of both. Yeah, and that's how far God is prepared to go with us. He wants us and him to be mishmashed together. I am in you and you are in me. So was it beans with peanut or was it peanut with beans? <laughs> it depends on which one was the majority. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Amen. So somebody say union. 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 So a man shall leave his father's house and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Union. The knowledge of God is union with him. This is the divine agenda. This is the objective. God wants to be mishmashed in Apollo. That when you bump into Apollo, you've bumped into Christ. Because you will hear his mind coming through his mind. His words will be like God himself is speaking. That is what discipleship looks like. That's our pursuit. So Jesus said, whoever believes in me, the word belief is also a union word. You don't just believe. Believe is not a, uh, I believe that is black. No, no, that, that's not the belief the Bible talks about. The word pistis in the Bible, the, the faith word, faith connects you with Christ. So there's a faith union. So his death becomes your death. His resurrection becomes your resurrection. Your sins become his and his righteousness becomes yours. There is a mishmash and the devil is confused. And God writes your name in the book of life. Hey, I think that was an amen place right there. You understand? Faith is not something you graduate in. It's an experience you walk in. Abraham believed God, and God said he's righteous just because he believed. Because faith creates a union. Knowledge creates a union. So know, know, knowledge is an intimacy word. It's an intimacy word. And as I said, it is a spirit, soul, and body word. All three. Now let us now, in the light of that, go into common scriptures that we read and we don't get what God is saying. That I may know him. Paul writes that in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. That I may know him. And you think, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on, Paul. You know him. But we think, we are thinking academic knowledge because we, with academics, you graduate and we say, oh, David is knowledgeable in the, on that subject. No, the apostle is saying, I have not yet attained it. Because it does not end. The pursuit of him is endless until he embraces us physically with, when he returns. The pursuit of him is endless. In fact, the more you know him, the hungrier you become for more. Come on. The more he touches you, the more you say, Jesus, do that one more time, sir. <laughs> do that one more time. The more we know him, the more we want. So that I may know him. And he says, uh, can you find that actually, Marvin? Can you find that for us? Uh, it wasn't on the list. Philippians 3.10, is that there? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He's not saying, I want to read a book on the resurrection. No, no, no. I want to enter the tomb and be buried with him. And on that day when the angel came and there was an earthquake and this rolled away the stone, I want to be caught up in that. You see, um, he wasn't there. At that time, 
Paul was, was just being a Pharisee somewhere, some, some weird teacher, zealot teacher, not zealot, zealots were, were militants. He was just a, a passionate teacher of the law. He wasn't a disciple of Christ. He later learns that disciples are messing around uh, his, his neighborhood, so he started to, to arrest them and kill them. But now he's saying, I want to go to Calvary and be crucified with him. Be buried. I want to experience. I want to experience the power of his erection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to feel the whip on my back. That's how intimate this thing gets. And we saw last time that when you're sick enough, when you love somebody enough and they are sick, you feel it in your own body. <laughs> Go try raising a baby. And the baby won't stop crying. And you feel like you are dying yourself because of your passion. There's this intimacy and this union hmm? that God wants us to enter. Yeah, continue. Let me, let me finish with that and then I'll show you a couple more buzzers. So he's talking about being conformed to his death. Being conformed to his death. And then next, the next portion talks about in the hope of even uh, being caught up in his resurrection. Okay, let me show you another verse. That's interesting. We're talking about knowing him who knows us. So God loved me so much that he felt all my feelings. He has felt all my feelings. He has joined into every journey that I have been on. That's how deep it goes. So the, the death of Christ, we are not just saying Jesus died for us. You see, when we say it, we, we fail to understand. We see this man dying. Oh yeah, Jesus died for me and it's almost like a copy and paste. My friend, it was not a copy and paste. It was personal and real. And I was, I was illustrating this this week. I said, we were on Zoom and I was talking to one of the, I mean, the LCF disciples. And I was saying, we are on Zoom right now. But there are perhaps 10 million other people right now on Zoom. Yeah? And this miracle called Zoom hosts millions of people. Probably millions. Per second. Per second. The whole world, I don't know what happens on Sunday morning when everybody is Zooming and logged on, but everyone has a secure line going to the Zoom server. No one can hear my conversation on Zoom. And this is that a hacker and trying to, to gain entrance into the room. But I have a, what they call a meeting ID and a password, which gives me unadulterated, uninterfered, un, 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 access to the Zoom servers. Huh? At the moment I'm on Zoom, it is as if it is attending only to me because it's an infinite resource. That's how it is. I'm trying to use human understanding. Do you know your Zoom line to God is uninterrupted? Huh? So when Jesus was on the cross, guess who he was dying for? Not me. He was dying for you. Yeah. It was personal. Personal. So we need to understand the power of this. 
So, our knowledge of him and his knowledge of us is personal and intimate. That's what the psalmist says. Lord, you have searched me. You know my ways. That your thoughts to me concerning me are a multitude that I can't even cope. You know when I lie down. You know when I get up. How can God so personally attend to every one of us? And so intimately. To the point that when you don't talk to him, he feels lonely. Hmm? That blew my mind as a young believer. As I was trying to build my prayer life and I got so intimate with God, then I, I don't know what distracted me for a couple of days. I wasn't with him. Then I remember I was standing in our family kitchen and suddenly I turned to the Lord and I said, Lord, and I could feel his presence. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I missed you. Yeah. <laughs> I was 19 years old. And the maker of heaven and earth is missing me. Hmm? Now tell your neighbor, God misses you sometimes. He really does. Because there's a part in his heart no one else can touch except you. There's a uniqueness that you bring. Okay, I told you, I'm showing you a few verses. Two Peter three eighteen. Now in the new light of this, two Peter three eighteen. Look at this verse, simple verse. Two Peter three eighteen. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Two things: grow in the grace of God and grow in these intimacies and encounters with Him. And connections with him. You need to grow. And I don't know whether you've ever enjoyed a friend and just felt like you're going from level to level, from depth to depth. The Bible says you can grow in your encounters with God, that every time you meet with him, it's deeper. You begin to feel, oh, my days, this was wild today. I met him in a new way. He touched me in ways he hasn't touched me before. Yeah? Grow. So, it's, we shouldn't flatline in this thing. You cannot say, oh, I've, I've done that, been done, been there, done that. No, you cannot be there, done that. You've got to turn a new leaf. There is always a new leaf in our knowledge of him. Now, this is an interesting one. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. These are verses we've read before. Now, this is an interesting one. Have you found it? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. Continue. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Continue. Casting down arguments. How many know this is spiritual warfare? Yeah. We're casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against my money. <laughs> it exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Uh -huh. This is what Satan wants. He wants you to have the wedding finger and no intimacy with your husband. Yeah. To carry the name 
but wonder who he is. And that can be a sad scenario. Satan's warfare is not against your, even your health, all your money, all your children. He has to make sure you do not know God. Because the knowledge of God unlocks everything, as we shall see in the scripture. So we fight Satan so that we can encounter God. And many times we try to cover the bankruptcy of our lack of encounters. We, try to, we, we, we think by chasing the devil we will meet God. You cannot chase darkness to create light. <laughs> hey, drive the darkness out so the light may come. You know, when the light comes, darkness will find its way out. So, spiritual warfare in all shorts, shorts, uh, uh, um, in every sense of the word, is about clearing the atmosphere so we can know him. Okay, another one. 2 Peter 1.3, I quoted this last week. His divine power, 2 Peter, as his divine power has given us all, everybody say all, I love it. All things, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, pertain to life and through prayer and fasting. <laughs> yes, you may pray and fast, but to the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue. Everything, you know, suddenly you realize all the Bible, the Bible is point, pointing to the same thing again. He, it points back to this union and this intimacy and this transfer. So all, he has given us all things. How do we access all things? Through knowing him. Yeah. Through knowing him. As we encounter him, there's a transfer of what he is onto us. Another one, Daniel 11.32, and then I'll rest my case soon. Daniel 11.32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people that know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. <laughs> Great exploits flow out of union with God, encounter with God. So, you know, friends, answered prayer is, is, is not really about asking. It's not about asking. It's about who is asking. I'll say it again. Answered prayer is less about asking. It's more about who is asking. So Jesus stands and says, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Why? Because I and the Father are one. It's that oneness that he has, which means petition is just a, a protocol. But who is asking is the point. Then he says, whatever you ask in my name, you shall have. What he's asking in Jesus' name is asking like he would ask. Asking like one who is one with him would ask. Hallelujah. They that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now, yesterday my mind was blown. 
hearing someone's testimony. And I guess they will testify sometime in church. But we had this testimony of one of our sisters who, at the point of graduation, was informed by her university that she had failed. That however much, whether they invested thousands, tens and thousands of, of pounds into this course, uh, but there was someone who was just bent on destroying her as a student, making sure she doesn't qualify. So when she presented her work, they said, no, 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 it's late. You've done all the presentations. You've done all the presentations. This was our first presentation. They said, no, no, you presented three times. <laughs> said, no, no, I presented once. No, you presented three times. <laughs> and you failed. And your, your score is zero. God bless you. Bye. On our report was, I, we hope that what you've experienced will help you to take whatever other course that um, um, you are supposed to do. But you see, <laughs> and you saw, we are still pursuing the knowledge of him, but the little we have tasted makes us dangerous candidates. They that know their God shall be strong. Have you have ever been in a situation where you are being intimidated to your core? And, and doors are closing and someone is trying to destroy your life. But there's something inside of you that says, ah, 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 ah. And she arose in her heart and began to fight this battle. And as we stand, she is getting ready to graduate. Because the, the lady touched the wrong one. You see, the lady, this lady who was messing around, she touched the wrong one. She touched a child of the king who has known what it means to be touched by the king. And you feel this wasn't just knowledge. It's an encounter with him. And she refused to be stopped. Now, this is what's amazing. This is, I'm telling the story, I'm, I, now I'm giving you where it started. While she was in Africa, this same person, as a young girl in church. Now, some of you remember Pastor, Pastor Semfuma, who passed away. Apparently, that pastor pointed her out in the congregation and said, that girl, bring her here. Because I see you in a medical uniform. Her graduation is in the medicals in the, in the midway free area. Say, I see you practicing, but not in this country. Huh? I see you practicing abroad. <laughs> and she saw her in a navy blue outfit. She said, Pastor, that outfit is for, what did she say there? Matrons. This was before she arrived in this country. Now she is in a course and they are telling her, sorry, you can't graduate, you have failed. But God had spoken concerning her. Huh? <laughs> like the psalmist says, Lord, you've searched me, you know my ways. In your book were written all the days ordained for me. Please understand, the knowledge of God includes this reality. You are trying to know one who knows you. Yeah? You're trying to know. And so God has already declared and decreed who she is. And you see, the problem is walking through the earth trying to beat your own path when there's one who knows you. And getting to know him is more important than anything else you are doing.
And so what was declared many years ago <laughs> energizes her to fight a battle. And as we speak, the very people who are trying to destroy her graduation have given her a job. Yeah. To just appease her, they say, can we, can we, can we please give you a job? <laughs> when your enemy begins to pay your bills, because they realize you are indomitable. Okay, I need to wrap this up. Now, Please understand, I'm making a point concerning knowledge. knowledge, And I appreciate that most of us, the moment the word knowledge comes up, we think books, we think videos, we think, we think study. But God wants us to change this. Now, I want you to give, to give three illustrations and I'll close. What I'm talking about here, spirit, soul, body. Spirit, soul, body, and I've been making this point. Because you see, I grew up thinking Christianity is a spiritual experience. It's your spirit man. Just study the inner man. The inner man. The, the inner man is the beginning. That's where God starts from to invade the outer man. And after he's done with the outer man, he invades the environment of the man. This is what the kingdom of God is like. And if we can learn to work with the process, because spirit-to-spirit -spirit union is where it starts. God joins and bonds with your spirit man. And you become one with him. Spirit level. Let me show you. First, first Corinthians 6.17. Let's read this verse. Uh, so I'm showing you three levels of connection. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. How many here are joined to the Lord? <laughs> now, do you believe, do you even believe that at your innermost core, you and God are one? There it is. But you see, it's not enough. It's not enough. It doesn't change your life. But without it, you can't even start. Spirit to spirit union with God. March 1981. Bang! I joined with God spirit to spirit. And I was born again. God set up residence in my spirit. I was joined with him. I become one spirit with God. It's not enough. The next must be soul to soul. Now the soul is where you find mind, will, emotions. Do you know that? Mind, will, emotions are in your soul man. So it does not soul man. Make any sense. When I'm just born again, and I'm born, joined with God in my spirit man, but my brain, and I am depressed emotionally, and I stay in bed all day because I have no will. I'm not willing to wake up. I'm not willing. Your will is dead. Your mind is confused. And your emotions are a mess. But God lives inside of you. So the second challenge is to move this union to the soul area. Now soul to soul. Let me, tell, let me go back to spirit to spirit is salvation. 
Soul to soul is communion. Spirit to spirit is salvation. Soul to soul is communion. Now I can use different words. Hmm? Spirit to spirit is justification. God does that. Actually, spirit to spirit is a supernatural work of God. But soul to soul, you have got to invest. You've got to put time in. And I want to read a verse there. 1 Samuel 18.1. Oh, did I give you just verse 1? I hope it's enough. Anyway, I think one would. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. <laughs> Do you see soul-to-soul connection? Soul-to-soul connection brings things from the innermost into the experiential area where you actually feel, feel. Emotions are there. Mind is there. Will is there. And this is the battle of discipleship. Battle, one of the first battlefields of discipleship. God does the spirit-to-spirit union supernaturally. Soul-to-soul union must be done by the disciple in response to his master. I'm talking about, did you see what happened? Let's go back to, to that, with the beginning of that verse. You see, Jonathan met with David. Have you ever met somebody and just loved them? <laughs> and the more time you spend with them, you just feel, I just like this person. I just like person. It's like when Leonard met Stella. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you? I don't know where it was, but Pastor Tony, one day, Leonard met Stella. The more he looked at her, the more they talked, he said, ah, this one is not like the others. This one is in another category. And so something begins to happen until you fall off the cliff. And you say, this is it. And your soul is knit to this person. Soul is knit. And you say, for better and worse, I forsake all of you. Now some people come here in gowns and <laughs> and suits and the limousine is pulsing outside. But soul to soul bond problems. There are some gaping gaps in the soul to soul union. We need to do soul to Things must get emotional. I have issues with believers who have no emotions concerning God. How? Where's your soul? <laughs> Where's your soul in this? And somebody was telling me, for me, Christianity is an academic thing. I, these things of feelings are too much. What are you talking about? Okay, start spirit to spirit, but you've got to move this thing. Allow the love of God to explode in you. That's where worship comes in. That's why we, we get emotional about it. We allow our emotional man to open up. We surrender our will. Yeah? 
and we, we align our mind, soul-to-soul union. Hmm? And this is an important part of intermediate Christian growth, for God to invade your soul man, and for him to increasingly govern your soul man, your emotion, your attitudes, your value systems, the things you're passionate about, to allow the, the, the heart of God to touch your own heart. Are you here? Can you say amen if you're with me? You're following. Come on, guys. So I, I am concerned when you say you're, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a believer and you don't get emotional about it. It's better touch you somewhere. I mean, and for me, failing everywhere, the moment of worship, particularly collective worship here, when there are chords playing and beautiful lyrics going, I can't stand like a, a, a statue in church. I cannot. I've got to find an entry point. Yeah, I'm looking around. There are no children here. Let's talk. Let's talk. Ladies, if a guy came to you and said, I love you. I'm in love. I've been in love all day. All day? All year. <laughs> Would you believe him? Come on, where is your emotion? Where's your emotion? How come it hasn't touched your soul man yet? How come there are no poems coming out and, and you're not, you can't sleep and, and you, you, you think, my God, when will I see her again? There's got to be an emotional connection. Our Christianity has got to go that far, but it's not enough. But the soul, a point comes when your soul is knit, like Jonathan. Jonathan when you read the rest of the story, was Saul's son. He was heir to the kingdom of Saul. But he takes off his armor, takes off his robe of sonship and gives them to David. And he says, virtually saying, may you take my place. May you rule in my place. He surrenders everything to him. So number one, we said spirit to spirit is salvation. Soul to soul is communion. Call it friendship. Friendship with God. Like Jonathan was knit to David. We need to go that far. Finally, there's body to body union. And that is called consummation. Salvation, communion, consummation. And consummation in English, dictionary says the point at which something is complete or finished. Yeah? Now, let me finish with that, because now there is a, how do you illustrate that? Let me illustrate it, because in a way I have. Yeah, I mean, you, you're, tell, you're telling this man or this woman you, you are in love. Huh? I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. Huh? It's hot inside. The temperature is high. But there is no evidence in your body. <laughs> there is no evidence. There is no evidence. The thing has not touched the body. 
And you see, the human experience when you study psychology and medicine and everything, everything, the human body is a, is a unit with three elements. Spirit, soul, body. If anything is real, it will touch all three. If anything is real, it will touch all three. Spirit is where conviction comes from. It's where passion comes from. It's where faith comes from. Those are elements of the spirit man. Soul is where you get emotion. It's where you get mind. It's where you get will. Body is where you get movement and action. So my worship is spirit, soul, and body. The Bible says, lift up your hands to the Lord. And it's like, Lord, do I need to? <laughs> I mean, it just follows even when you are a Manchester United supporter. Any man you got people here? Any Chelsea in the house? I mean, your team scores. And you say, goal. Goal. I would say, take you to the doctor quickly. Because something is wrong with you. My team just scored. <laughs> my wife will tell you, we were hosting these friends of mine in my house. And Liverpool was playing Chelsea. And um, uh, two of them were Liverpool supporters. There was a man new, there was Chelsea. Now, there's this area in our house where the roof is low because it's, it's, a, it's a curve, it's a... And I made the mistake of sitting this Liverpoolian under that area. Uh, the, ten, the, the match was tense. Then Liverpool scored. The brother was in the match completely in my spirit, soul, body. When the ball went in, he said, goal. He got up and his head smashed through that structure. <laughs> and there was a hole in our roof, in our, in our ceiling. And now, besides us celebrating the goal, which was fun, we all turned because there was this boom sound of, and he was there, his head was in the, in the ceiling. <laughs> How can your team score? And you say, goal. <laughs> Spirit, soul, body. Now we are talking. How can somebody say, I am happy? The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's in there. No. Joy in the spirit leads to happiness in the soul. And they shout in the body. You see, there's going to be a continuity. <laughs> the joy, joy, not even crap. Joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart. Down in, down in your heart. How come it has not escaped and convinced your soul? <laughs> it's gonna, so, you see somebody joyful. And that joyful shows up as a, an elation in the soul and an exuberance in the body. Yes. Hands are going up, 
smiles are wide. I'm jumping. What's going on? Spirit, soul, body. It has got to saturate. Music. Let me finish with music. How many musicians are here? How many of you have ever received a song as a songwriter? Bing! In your spirit, man. I'll tell you, when songs arrive as a songwriter, it arrives finished. You somehow know where exactly the song is going, and the words just flow. It's in your spirit, man. And you're writing, tick, 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 this is how it's song. It's got to go. But then you must sing it. You see? And there's a difference, and some of you have experienced, like somebody comes and says, we have a song. And you say, okay, okay, sing it. And they stand here, they hold mic, and they begin to sing. And you're listening. Where is this going? <laughs> have you ever been in this situation where you're listening, and you're trying to find the song? You can hear it. The chords are playing, but you haven't found the song because it hasn't kicked into the soul man. Then you feel like, you feel, and then you begin to, <laughs> you feel the song, and then the emotional part of you rises, yeah, I like this song, and then you, you find yourself shooting out of your chair, and you begin to go, <laughs> you know what I mean, spirit, soul, body. <laughs> So, so the pro this is the problem, and I hope you've, you've caught the illustration. You see, the knowledge of God is not complete until it captivates the threefold man. Threefold man in every area. In every area. So I don't just read about healing. Healing must come into my soul. And I must feel darkness coming out of my soul. Do you know that two-thirds of all diseases come from the soul? Disease must be driven out of my soul, man. But that's not enough. I must continue to contend that I, that I may know him. Like Paul is saying, I know him, but I haven't yet arrived. I continue to contend. I want Christianity to move away from something my mother gave me or dragged me to church for. To something I know and feel passionate about. And it has now gone beyond something on the inside. It is it's exuberantly impacting my body. That in his presence I feel these things in my body. Do you feel? I don't know whether it's just me. Because you know I can't monitor your body. But for me the presence of God is not just a philosophical idea. It is a vibration in my body. It is a throbbing in my nerves. It, it sits in my spirit. It sits in my soul. And it resonates in my body. Okay. <laughs> and so, Christian life. And guys, we are going towards Nioth now. We are starting our journey to Nioth because it's early next, next, uh, next month. Why we put Nioth on is to pursue these encounters with God, to allow the presence of God in one day, in one weekend, to go beyond spirit, to come into soul and to go to body. Watch people here come under the touch of heaven. <laughs>